Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menino. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Better Together. It is a whole lot easier when we can do it together. (laughs) Way easier. Way, way, way easier. And when you know better, you get better, guys. And that's why we're here. We are bringing in all of our friends, all of our experts to help us through this very difficult time. Our quote of the day on this Tuesday, March 31st. Hey, here's some good news. March is over today. (laughs) Oh, and then April 1st tomorrow. Bye-bye. Peace out, March. Okay. Our quote of the day, anyone can love something because that's as easy as putting a penny in your pocket. But to love something despite, to know the flaws and love them too, that is rare and pure and perfect. And that is Patrick Rothfuss from The Wise Man's Fear. I like that. Ooh. To love something despite its flaws. I love you despite your flaws, Stephen. I have flaws. No. Thank I, you. Thank I, you. I, 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 for a second, I, I was thought just you were... saying it to like relate. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely love Kevin despite his flaws. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kevin. He's so sweet. This morning, he was getting a little bitchy last night because I gave him the Whole Foods like grocery list, and you know, um, I was like, "Can you get this? And can you get that?" And then I categorized everything for him. Right fresh produce and fruit, dairy, 
you know, packaged goods, fetch. Like I, I made it so friggin' easy for him, and he got so cranky. Did you like put it where it is in the grocery store? I, I have a no. F- I, I then I walked him through. Okay. The the walk. I said you're going to start in the produce, then you're going to go over to the meat and fish, then you're going to go over to the dairy, then you're going to go right over to the package. There's only two things in packaged right now, and then you're going to go over by the cheeses, over by you know where they have the wine, and then you're going to be done. You're going to grab some dark chocolate with salt, and then I'm going to be over, and it's done. So you turned grocery shopping into like a Mission Impossible thing. Dun, dun, and dun, dun, expected dun, him to dun, not get dun, frustrated. Dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah, he got a little cranky, but you know why I love Kevin and Laura? Dr. Laura Berman is our guest today. She's going to help us in uh, in a very specific area today because quarantine is uh, an interesting time for people, especially in relationships. And, you know, we're now with our partners 24-7, so it is very, very challenging for some people. And then in some, you know, obviously more serious cases, very challenging, and I've been reading about that, but we'll stick to the middle challenge. And, uh, and so this morning, what I love about him is he woke up and he apologized. He's like, I'm so sorry. Why was I such a bitch last night? (laughs) And I was like, oh, thanks, honey. And I was like, I had already forgotten because I love him despite, despite his moments, because he has to love me despite my bitchy moments. And so... Um, I woke up, he's like, I have to say, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, I got one eye open. The other one's like, you know, half asleep. And he's like, I was such a bitch last night. And I'm like, you're amazing. I just love somebody <laughs> who has the power to apologize. Um, and so it was really special. It's big dick energy to apologize for being a bitch. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not as good as a, at apologizing, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> But um, anyhow, he is really good at apologizing. So that was really nice. Um, I will say um, I have a bunch of things that I want to go over with you guys today because, um, you know, there is a lot of questions and I keep I'm searching for where I'm bumping my head so I can create um, moments on this show with people that I know and trust and love to help us. And I saw something on Twitter yesterday about loving on a family member during chemo and how difficult it is. And so, um, you know, this family was having a hard time because their their mom had cancer and they were struggling with the notion that they can't hug her. And I related so much to that because it's been probably, what, almost a month since I've hugged my mom? Because oh, I was wow. already ahead of all of this because I saw what was coming and I just, I was already you know, putting things into practice, um, and preparing. And so I just think, um, I think it's really, uh, really difficult. And, you know, for us, my mom, oh gosh. So as, as an update, she is doing better tumor wise. I mean, I think by our next MRI, we're going to see a completely clear MRI for the first time ever. Usually she had a little teeny something, And now that teeny something that's left is even teenier than before. And it just looks like necrosis. So we'll see. But, and I don't know, we did put her on a little anti-depression medication, very, very low dose. And I think that might be the culprit because in the last, let's say two months, she's just so much more lethargic and it hit me last night. And I was like, hmm, maybe it's that. So I'm going to talk to her doctor and experiment with maybe pulling it and seeing because she was making forward progress. She was walking better. She was standing better. Now she can't really walk right. And she's fallen twice in the last 24 hours. 
and she's not listening, which has been something that has been a problem for us. Like I, I always try to share the real where, you know, yes, we're having amazing progress medically, but, um, cognitively and physically we are still challenged. And, you know, my dad said, you know, sit there. She was eating her breakfast the other day. He ran to the bathroom. By the time he came back, she was on the ground. And we're like, why did you get up? And she doesn't really understand what's happening. And so last night she was on the, on the couch, on the recliner. And my dad took the dog out to pee, which is literally four steps away from her. And in the interim, she got up and fell. And I don't know how she gets up so fast because when she wants to get up, it takes like 20 minutes and like five people. But somehow she got up and fell. And I run from the backyard. My dad runs. And now we're trying to lift her. And he's trying to pull her by her hands. And he doesn't understand that's not the best way to do it. But he's panicked. And I had been taught by Vicky Vlaconis, our osteopath, how to how to lift somebody very easily. So I'm like, dad, I got this. I got this. So I get down. I'm like, mom, put your arm around my shoulder. And I'm about to try to roll her up. It's like a bucket of cement. I couldn't do it. And so when you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. I'm So then I switched to my dad grabbing her from under her arms and me pushing her butt. And I have no upper body strength, but like I'm using my knees, I'm using my hands, and we finally get her up. And then... I'm so upset and, and I'm, I'm yelling, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Because I know she knows to a degree. And then I have to figure out, well, how much does she know? How much does she not know? Which is so difficult when it's the brain, right? Cause she could be totally cognitively with you. And maybe those are the moments where she's not, I don't know. And I also know that when she falls, she doesn't even feel anything. So her pain receptors are gone. But if I grab her arms, she screams. But when she falls, she doesn't hurt. It's so complex and so difficult to navigate. And so then I go to bed and I'm laying down and now I have to worry about my dad's diabetes all night. So I don't sleep at night because now he's on this new pump and he's not trusting it. So in the middle of the night, his sugar will skyrocket and he'll give himself insulin, and then it'll plummet. And if it plummets to certain places, he doesn't know what to do. And then at the same time, I see what he's dealing with with struggles with my mom. And I'm like, is he going to give up? And I can't let him give up. And so I'm like, for the love of God, by day, it's her by night, it's him. And I'm just like, I'm really tired. And um, I'm trying to keep everybody alive. And then the meantime, I'm like, we could 
I could be asymptomatic and have coronavirus. Who knows? Even though I'm in quarantine, Kevin's out shopping. He could be bringing it home. I'm not touching Kevin. We're six feet apart in the bed. <laughs> like We're really trying to keep separate because he's the forager. And I have to be careful to not bring it to anybody or get it myself because I have asthma. So then I realize, oh my God, my mom was in my neck. My mom was touching me. My mom was hugging me. Oh my God. What if, what if, what if, and you start to panic and you're like, oh my Lord. And then I start reading about this, this family that's scared. And this, this daughter's like, sometimes I break the rules. And, um, the mom's like, please just put on some clean clothes and lie down next to me. And her kids can't bear to not hug her. And there's a a psychologist that was saying that distancing can be an act of care and a lack of embrace is now an embrace. But how do you tell that to a brain tumor patient who doesn't understand? Every day she's asking us, so when are we going back to Connecticut? And, oh, can we go out today to this place? Or, you know, can the groomer come do the dogs? Beethoven needs a haircut. And I'm like, mom, nobody's working. Like, she doesn't fully get it. So uh, I, I, I say this for anybody else who's struggling with things like this right now. Um, and I do want you to know that a psychologist from Columbia University does um, suggest that you do still have to keep your distance, unfortunately. And it's for their own good because they're so immune compromised. And I definitely know that I, for one, miss my mom's hugs. And um, I miss everybody's hugs, by the way. I don't know but when this is over, I'm going to hug any human that comes near me. I'm a big hugger. And if you know me, I have birthday parties. Any male that can handle my body weight, I literally dive onto them. I just get so excited to see people. I can't do that to everybody. But if you can handle me, I'm charging <laughs> you. And I'm usually like a drink at least in. But I love hugs. Like that's like my favorite form of like, you know, connecting. And so can I buy you a body pillow? Is that what you need? Do I this? don't know. Thank God I have Max. Oh, Max. But then I'm scared. I'm, I'm, what if Max gets it from me? And I don't know. Like, what if I'm asymptomatic? I'm just terrified of all of this stuff. And so, like, I read this um, article about a choir that uh, early in March decided to move forward with their choir practice. And they kept their distance and they all hand sanitized and they did all the right things. And now there's a tremendous um, spread of the virus and, and a few people have died. And so it's airborne. So you really can't even be in the same room as people like, thank God you're in that room and I'm in this room and we don't have contact. That's why I'm such a stickler about keeping the door shut and don't come in here and whatever, because we don't still fully know everything around this virus. So for the people who still need to know certain things, um, about this, uh, and preventing the spread, I printed out some um, some things that you need to make sure you do. So first of all, um, I wanted to know how to handle somebody at home if they end up with coronavirus. Like, what if Kevin gets it? What do I do? I can't not be there to help him. Kevin's a really good patient and good at taking care of himself. I would not be good at that. I would literally be the biggest baby if I got it and was suffering. I, I, I just... I am. Sorry, I'm not perfect. I can't. I can't handle it. So um, you have to monitor the patient's symptoms. If they get sicker, obviously, you have to call the hospital. Um, Household members should stay in another room or be separated from the patient as much as possible. Household members should use a separate bedroom and bathroom if available. Prohibit visitors, obviously, who don't have an essential need to be in the home. 
Household members should care for any pets in the home. Do not handle pets or other animals while sick. And I think that's simply because we don't know if they can spread it. So be careful if someone in your house does have it, um, not to let the animals near them. Uh, Make sure that shared spaces in the home have good airflow, like an air conditioner or an open window. So we've been keeping our windows open in the house um, as much as possible so that fresh air can keep flowing in and out. Um, you know, wash your hands frequently, of course, using hand sanitizer that contains 60 to 95% alcohol, um, and avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth, which I know is impossible for all of us, but we're doing our best. Every time I touch my eyes, I go and wash my hands. My hands are literally going to burn off soon. Uh, the patient should wear a face mask when you're around other people. If the patient isn't able to wear a face mask, because it's difficult to breathe, then you as the caregiver should wear a mask when you are in the same room as the patient. Wear a disposable face mask and gloves when you touch or have contact with the patient's stuff, whether it's saliva or mucus or vomit or whatever. Um, Throw out disposable face masks and gloves after using them. Do not reuse. Um, Avoid sharing household items with them. Um, obviously don't use the same cup and stuff like that. Clean all high touch surfaces, such as counters, tabletops, doorknobs. I've been cleaning doorknobs like a psycho, um, throughout the house and making sure that everything is clean, all the counters, all the surfaces, wash laundry thoroughly, immediately remove and wash clothes or bedding that have any kind of fluids on them. Um, I know Kevin, when he comes home from foraging, he strips before he gets in the house, gets in the shower. All those clothes go right in the laundry machine. So, um, and then like today, I wiped down with Clorox wipes everything that came in from the supermarket. So you have to make sure that um, you're cleaning everything. And then um, kind of those are some just generic tips. Um, The other unfortunate thing that I've been seeing is that, um, you know, so many doctors and nurses are coming down with this, as we said two weeks ago when we were raising money with Bethany Frankel for face masks, which I believe just went out today to Cedars into UCLA um, here in uh, Los Angeles. And she's been sending them all over the world. I mean, all over the country. Um, The number of hospital workers in Massachusetts who've tested positive for coronavirus has surpassed 500, according to a Boston 25 news tally. So the data is being sent in by the healthcare facilities. They're self-reporting, and um, this is just yeah. A lot of a lot of well-known uh, doctors and physicians are actually experiencing it, and some have passed away from it at this point. Yeah, it's it's unthinkable. Um, I think it was the USS Roosevelt I was seeing today. Uh, the captain is like, "Mayday, mayday! Like we need help. We've got coronavirus on this ship." And how scary to know that our the people who are protecting us are compromised and how scary for the globe to know that. I mean, I yeah. know that everyone's kind of in the same boat right now and hopefully that, um, you know, isn't used against us, but. Well, you're not alone, Maria. A lot of people in the chat feel the same kind of anxiety that you're feeling. Um, Teresa Duffy says that uh, she can relate about your husband being the forager because she always gets anxiety about the health uh, and she's been nuts over all this whole coronavirus thing. She doesn't leave, but her boyfriend works and gets groceries when needed. And she has a two-year-old, so they're yeah have high anxiety. Yeah, it's it's scary. What I will say about Kevin is normally he um, disregards me as a little you know crazy. He's actually really being careful, and um, and I know he knows that we have to protect my parents, you know, so much. 
Um, but uh, but it's it's crazy. In the meantime, we do have an amazing guest that I want to get to. Um, you guys, of course, know her because she is uh, New York Times bestselling author of eight books. Um, she's had her own show. Oh, on own. <laughs> um, she's a radio TV personality. She's been on uh, Dr. Oz and so many shows. And um, she's the best when it comes to uh, this area. So Dr. Laura Berman, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. I'm so glad to see you. I and know. to be with you, remotely see you. I know. I miss you. I miss you too. Someday we'll be able to have lunch again in Venice yeah. Beach. <laughs> <laughs> and hug. I know. You know, it's so ironic that you're on the show today. And, and just before I'm about to go live, I'm just, you know, looking on Twitter. And I see that divorces are spiking in China due to the quarantine. And before this, they were at 30%. I, I figured they weren't where we were at. Um, because I, I know culturally, that's, you know, not something that is um, as prevalent as it is here. I think what we're probably at like 50 or more, right? Depends on a state. In some states, it's seventy. Wow. Yeah. So, so, I, very timely to be discussing this. And I thought about it, and you know, we're all used to kind of coming and going, and a lot of us are ships passing in the night. Yeah. And when you are now stuck together, for better or for worse, problems are going to be amplified. Mm-hmm. And as problems are amplified, I was like, wait, there's also an opportunity here. There's an opportunity to thrive and figure it out so that when we are released into the world again, you know, maybe we can be better for it. So I wanted to have you on so that you can help us um, through these challenging times and figure out how to make the most of this time with your partner and, and get better. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a, an amazing opportunity. I mean, I tend to be an optimist by nature, <laughs> uh, which is serving me well right now. Hmm. Um, but, you know, and I don't mean to diminish all of the threat and all of the fear, because that is very real. And of course, even without anxiety, even without the fear, which is going to make our most, you know, difficult selves come forward, right? Like, that's why you know, you had. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go to It first came into the house because of Kevin, he was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Cranky husband last night, right? That was his anxiety, right? Was Mm -hmm. causing the crankiness more than anything else. Um, But even without anxiety, what you're saying is absolutely true. I'm seeing in so many couples and they're calling my radio show and writing me, you know, that now 
where before you could kind of stick your head in the sand and not deal with stuff because you only saw each other at the end of the day and you were busy and blah, blah, blah. You know, now those things that you didn't really want to deal with are front and center in your face. Um, and that's difficult, but it's also an amazing opportunity. I mean, you know, my favorite acronym is it's, you know, I, an AFGE, another freaking growth experience. It's like, this is a big <laughs> whopper. Yeah. Of, and you're absolutely right. You know, if you, these are things that were here all along, but now we have an opportunity to work on and clear and to really have some honest conversations with ourselves and with each other. And for many people who aren't seriously struggling financially, and I know a lot of people are, there are there's a huge proportion of people who are going to be okay financially through this. And even now that they aren't spending the money that they allotted to travel or to concerts or to events, invest that money in some couples therapy. Pretty much every therapist I know, myself included, is doing remote sessions right now. So if you're struggling and you can afford it because you're not spending that money in those other ways, invest it in your relationship if you're struggling. But the good news is that for many, many, many of us, this is an opportunity to take your relationship to new heights, to have some fun, to pursue some hobbies together, to explore new frontiers sexually. I mean, there's lots of opportunities here. <laughs> I um, I think it's interesting. Like I, when I look at Kevin and I, we're always together anyway, yeah. right? So I don't feel a difference right now with him um, because- but You probably have more time, right? Because you can't do a lot of the stuff you were doing before? Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's filled up in other ways. Right. Like I said, now I'm like 24 seven, like dealing with my dad's diabetes and trying to use this as an opportunity to point out to him where he's been going wrong for the last 50 years. Um, (laughs) He's been doing a lot right to be here 50 years with it. But um, but now I'm seeing his his flaws and I can point them out and keep, you know, yeah, that you can monitor it more effectively. Yeah, because I'm my goal is when we come out of this, now he is able to be on his own without me fearing for him. I mean, we've spent I've spent forty one years of my life fearing losing him and having to be on top of him along with my mom to make sure that he's that's a lot. Okay. Yeah. And so <clears throat> um, you know, I'm looking at every opportunity that this um, this virus is giving us along with, of course, the fear and the anxiety and the terror that we're all dealing with. But, um, but I think that, you know, with relationships, it's, it's gotta be so tough for people because you're also taking on new roles, right? Like Kevin's a little cranky because he had to go to the supermarket. He doesn't like supermarket shopping. He likes going in and getting his one or two things he wants. That's not what he usually does. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, And so rules are changing in homes, you know, husbands are having to do different things that are more domestic than they had to before. So how do you navigate that? How do you get through these new roles? And, and, and I guess, how would you assign the new roles um, so that you don't have issue? Yeah, because what's happening, for instance, is that a lot of stay at home moms or moms who were working outside the home, but now but still took care of most of the child care after, which we usually do, for instance, now that they're all home together and the 
male, you know, isn't working, he isn't picking up the slack with the kids either, you know? Well, Kevin's friends keep telling their wives, take care of this, handle them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So you have to just like throw, you have to sit down. And I like to encourage couples to have a couple meeting first and then a family meeting if your kids are old enough. And you, and you make a list of every, together of everything that needs to be done you know, during this time on a daily basis with the kids around the house, whatever. And you say, look, neither one of us are working. If indeed you're not, neither one of us are working right now. Both of us are in this together. We need to rejigger, you know, we can't just apply the old rules and roles to this situation because this is a brand new situation. And this is one of those times that can bring you closer as a couple where you really see what you're made of or, really pull you apart where you're feeling really isolated from each other. And so I think having that meeting first and then engaging the kids is really important. Like my kids have always been slobs and I gave up the goose on that a long time ago because, you know, I would just have someone come in to help clean or, you know, I would just leave their rooms a mess. Now that we're all in this situation, they're having to do more housework. Right. And they're also being forced to spend more time with me because they're not teenagers and they're not able to run out with their friends. So, you know, we're playing croquet in the backyard and baking and I'm getting all sorts of quality time with them. But that's a totally different, you know, it's a totally different reality than yeah. what it was three weeks ago. So making and also keeping to a schedule. I think a lot of people and I've heard from a lot of women especially, you know, who are in relationships with men. Oh, now I can get that honey-do list going. Oh you know? my God, Kevin yeah. hates the honey-do list. I know. And so you have to not make it so miserable. I like to say, okay, choose one thing, you know, every couple of weeks on the honey-do list. Both of you help with them. Choose one project or, or hobby or activity that you both would really like that would be fun and do that ideally once a day or once every couple of days and make sure that each of you get covered solo time. So if you do have kids or aging parents or whoever that needs watching, each of you get alone time by yourselves Ooh. because that's really important too for, for all of us. I don't care if you're used to being together or not. You need that solo time to recharge and still have your dates, you know, you can have a luau on your back porch, you know, you can Netflix and chill, you can watch a concert online, you know, you, you don't have to leave your house necessarily to have your date. Um, and I think engaging the kids if they're old enough and giving you that private time as part of the schedule, they have their school time if they're in school, they have their recess, they have a fun project where they get your full attention. And then this hour is mommy and daddy playtime. And like, unless the house is burning down or someone is dying, assuming you're able, you know, you're not a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're leaving, you're watching a cartoon during this time. I love that. I, I love that you're able to keep your teens in. And I'm glad you brought that up because I was talking to my best friend back home last night and she works in the airlines. And she said that one of her colleagues was frustrated and their kids will not stay home. They're 18. She's like, I can't control them. And well, minors, so I have that on them. Yeah, but if, adults or the the eighteen year olds are legal adults. I mean, if you're supporting them, it doesn't matter. You say to them, 
you know, look, you, I am supporting you, whether you're 18, 21, whatever, and you follow the rules of my house. And if you go out right now, then you're not coming back in, you know? And how you do have- you, how do you enforce that Dr. Laura? Because I, I said the same thing. I have said, you, you, you should advise her to tell them if you go out, you're not coming back. But how do you, as a parent, leave your kid out in this war? No, I don't, I do not know. Right. Like that's a really hard call or, you know, you make them sleep out, you set up a tent for them, you know, on the back porch or the backyard and they have to stay there or whatever it is, you make it really uncomfortable with them. I think it depends on each person's, I mean, I'm hearing this from parents all over the place and it's not just the 18 year olds and up. I am so pissed off at all the parents of my kids' friends Mm -hmm. who are still letting them, you know, oh, they don't have school. Okay. Like, you know, we're all clear, you know, we should, we haven't been anywhere other than the grocery store and everywhere else over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> That's super and, contaminated. <laughs> yeah, let's all, let's all hang, let's have all the kids hang out together. And then my kids are like, mom, everybody's hanging out together. Like, why can't you talk to their parents? Why can't they come here? And I'm like, Apt. I'm like, those people should be ashamed of themselves. They are putting the world and the people at risk at risk by doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but it's really a decision point that I, that I can't say for these parents. Like I know what I would do and I'm lucky enough to have a little postage stamp of the backyard and I would be locking the doors with, I'd be telling, warning my kids and putting the chain lock on so they couldn't get back in and putting up a tent. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Out where they could sleep for the next two weeks if they go out and make perfectly clear that that's what's going to happen if they do this. Um, now, that's the kind of parent I am, right? And I don't bluff easily. I don't bluff, but I don't make threats easily. And if I make it, I mean it. But I can see how, depending on your level of codependence or fear right now, that that would be even scarier. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because also it's like, okay, Amazon's on strike. Where am I getting the 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 tent? In fact, <laughs> another colleague, I'm going to bring up our entire conversation now. Another colleague was like, I'm going to go to Target. And she's like, why? And she's like, because I'm just going to look around. And she's like, what don't you understand about what's going on? And she's like, well, I'm fine and I'm bored. I just want to go look around. I'm like, oh, my Lord, this is why. This is why it's going to take us till September, probably. Like, what are we doing? People aren't, you know, I try to make clear to my kids that it's not about us. I mean, granted, their dad has hypertension and is considered at risk. And I have used that card for sure. But 
it's not about us. It is about being a responsible member of the world and of our community and protecting the people who are not going to be okay if we don't flatten the curve and if we don't toe the line right now. And, you know, at least in my case, because they know I don't bluff, you know, they've listened. But I think just like relationship issues are coming up with our partners during this time, relationship issues with our kids are mm-hmm. coming up during this time. And we want to focus with both partners and kids using those techniques of positive psychology as much as possible, the carrot rather than the stick. You know, so I always say to parents, the way that you make a time out for younger kids effective is by making the time in really good, right? If you never spend time and have fun and engage with your kids and then you give them a time out, they're not missing out much, right? But if the time in is really good, if, if when you do this homework, we're gonna have a crazy dance party or make ice cream sundaes or whatever, you know, you're using the carrot, you're using positive reinforcement versus threats, which, in this situation is really, you know, hard to fulfill many of those threats. Well, it's also hard to get young kids to understand the severity of things, right? They don't have bills. They don't have any stressors like that. And so I wonder if you're in that situation with your partner, like I said, I'm really grateful that Kevin is taking it as seriously as he is. Um, They all laughed at me when I was preparing like weeks before everybody else, they were laughing at me. I go, guys, we're going to be quarantined. This is going to get real. They were like, Maddie, are you crazy? It's going to crash. I mean, I was telling him all of that. Like, I'm like, see, when I tell you something is going to happen, you got to believe me. That's one beautiful thing that's coming out of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so I'm lucky where he is, uh, abiding by my, you know, really keep your distance and really be clean and really be thorough. But, you know, there are people who aren't buying this whole thing. And there are people who think it's political. I mean, there's a million other explanations for what's going on in some people's minds. And so how do you deal with a spouse or a partner that is being negligent Mm -hmm. at this time and putting you at risk? And this is somebody you love. Yeah. What do you do? It's a tough call. I mean, you can, you can not let them in, you can sleep in another room, you know, but the main thing is that if you have children in the house, you know, you, you got to use that, right? Like we have to be a model for them. We have to protect them. You know, I think that's for women, especially that's really where we go. I'm not really worried about myself getting this right. I mean, I don't want to get it, but the reason I'm worried about getting it is because of all the people I'll infect potentially if I do, you know, and, um, and so that's, you know, we tend to be more outward directed in that way. And because we're sort of born into this role and cultivated caretakers. Um, But sometimes our partners need real help understanding the impact and using the science and showing them the data I've done all of that. Um, and, you know, thankfully my husband, you know, like yours is towing the line. Mine is, I would say, even a little more paranoid than I am. Um, but but I, I don't think that, I think that's honestly from what I'm hearing, the, the exception more than the rule. I think most couples are on the same page. They've been, you know, uh, laid off or, or paused in their work or they can't work. And, you know, in my mind, 
there are only so many things we can control. We can't control the fact that we can't work if we can't, right? We can't control even that we're not going to get a salary this week, potentially. We can pursue unemployment. We can pursue the new benefits that are coming out. You know, there are proactive things we can do, but there's only so much we can control. And we have to focus on what we can control. And what we can control is our own state of minds and our connection with other people. And so what I like to do is really focus on, all right, there's all this other crazy crap going on and there's craziness all around us. And the future is really uncertain, but the only thing that is truly real that we know for sure is real is right here, right now. So what are we gonna do today to make this day feel good in some way? What are we gonna do along the lines of self-care by ourselves and for each other? What, can, what projects can we take on to build a better connection? Like for instance, I have a, I have a free program on my website called uh, Seven Days to Better Sex. And a lot of couples uh, you know, have said to me, I wanna do this, but like, can we take seven weeks doing it since we're both so busy? Like now you got seven days. Yeah, true. And it's not all day, every day, believe me. I mean, it could be, but it's not that, it's not that time consuming, right? But do something like that. Can we have sex with our partners who are foraging? Um, Poor Kevin. It's been so long. Yeah. I, mean, I still do. I still do. Um, but, it, but I also don't have immunocompromised people uh, in their house. People in my house. Yeah, I know. You know? Um, and that's the, that's the tricky thing. But if you really are not coming within six feet of them, you know, I still hug and kiss my husband and have sex with him. Yeah. And lots, if you don't have immunosuppressed people and you aren't going out, then absolutely you can. I mean, in your case, you guys could maybe go in separate rooms and have a little virtual nookie. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Steven's in the booth horrified right now. He's like listening about his parents right now. <laughs> you can get, I'm going to send you my wireless remote control vibrating underpants. Oh my God. Wait, and I think you gave like me these like 20 years ago and I don't know what happened. <laughs> so it works 14, 14 feet apart. Stop. At least. Stop. So you have the vibrator in your underwear and he has the remote control and he can zap you without even touching you. See, you can get creative. Dead. That's part of the fun. And if you can touch each other, you know, you don't have someone immunosuppressed in the house while one of you is the forager, then there are all sorts of things you can try. There are new, you know, try a new toy, try a new lubricant, go to the shop on my website. I have an all, have I sent you my all organic arousing lubricant yet? No, I'm gonna send, I, I, I'm gonna send you a care package and wrap <laughs> it up. But I'm going to send you a care package to use during this time. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, I mean, it's interesting because you know, uh, I'm so we're, we both have Hashimoto's too, which is an autoimmune situation, and so I, I'm so nervous to get him. I I'm just nervous to lose all of them. Truthfully, yes, right? I'm that's I'm what nervous. I was we worry about getting them sick. It's it's them, and then of course, lastly, I think, oh shit, I have asthma as well. Yeah. This could be yeah. really a brutal way to go. And I'm like, hmm, how do I tell Kevin to just slip me a pill and call it a day if like this happens and I'm in pain? Because I just can't. There's just no way. Um, but uh, where our minds will go. Right? Yeah, but my biggest thing is is you know I've I've said this before in the show. I've spent my entire life trying to keep my parents healthy and alive. 
And that is the scariest thing about this is how quickly it gets people. And, you know, my mom has a caretaker that comes in and helps um, in the mornings. And that has been a struggle too, because every day I'm like, God, am I pushing it? Am I pushing it? But Mm -hmm. I can't do it. No. Right. So the only person that's with her 24 seven is my dad. And my dad can't do it 24 seven because no. he was losing his mind. And that's why I brought in the caretaker. So well, then so I have that's to the cost benefit you have to do, you know, and once again, there's only so much you can control, right? Yeah. And a huge part of your immunity and your health, a huge part is your emotional state, right? Yeah. And so if your father, for instance, is taxed out and tapped out. His diabetes is going to get As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Totally. His immune system is going to crash. His cortisol levels are going to go up. And so are yours. Yeah. This is a lot. And so this is what I mean by this AFGE being in this high intensity everything magnified situation is requiring that we kind of really look, you know, I would challenge you. I listen, I, I got to say, I'm, you know, when, when we last were together, my dad was sick and dying and has since, you know, as you know, passed away. And he was my last remaining uh, parent or even older relative Uh, Another one died not long after him. And so I am lucky enough in that way that I'm not worried because I would be, you know, I would be really worried right now um, about them. And especially in my case, being far away from them. And I know a lot of people feel that way. But at the same time, you know, I would challenge you like it, it makes my heart hurt to hear you say that your entire life your focus has been on propping your parents' health up, right? Like I know that that's your role in your family in many ways, and that's not your only role in life. But like a time like this is going to really require that you look at that role. And I'm not suggesting that you leave them stranded. And obviously this is a time more than ever that you want to make sure they're healthy and that you're supporting them. But at the same time, I know how much this takes from your psyche and your life on a daily basis during the best of times. And maybe an experience like this and going through this where it's so intense and so heavy and so in your face might be, says the optimist, just the AFGE you need to maybe make some changes coming out of this in terms of your your identity. As I mean, I would say 
you're probably half Maria Menounos as the rest of us know it inside your head. And half of your identity is the role you play with your parents. Yeah, that would that would be fair. And that's a huge amount of yeah. energy that you are expending mentally and physically every single day your whole life. Yeah. And so my challenge to you, my love, <laughs> would be just to play around. You know, as we can't go outside, this is the time to go inside and really maybe challenge those inside ourselves. I don't mean blow up those relationships, but challenge the relationships because Part of the purpose, I think, on a higher purpose of the whole world turning upside down is that it shakes things up enough that we can look at those things that we never questioned before in our lives and in our relationships and maybe question them. We're forced to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's, um, it's difficult because at the same time, you know, one of my biggest revelations after surgery and and going through, you know, two brain tumors in this house and all of that was that the most important thing in our lives is our health and our loved ones. Mm-hmm. And so at the same time, are my priorities really out of place when that's really what I'm focusing on? Um, I did start um, this app, this hourly tracker to see how much time I do spend on their care. Because I think there is a dysfunction inside of me that thinks I don't do enough. Uh huh. And so I know that. And that's why I started tracking. And holy shit. I mean, I have to look at the accumulation and what it actually is, but it's constant and I can't even keep up. I can't even input. It takes one second to input. I can't even input it. Right. Because it's so much. That's what I'm telling you. And I'm not saying that your family and your health shouldn't be the most important thing. It's about how much of it you personally, not even personally, physically, but personally, energetically, and emotionally take responsibility for it. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of caretakers out there and a lot of caretakers who don't have the means to hire someone to help them. Right. And so how do they release themselves? How would you release yourself, especially in this time where people are quarantined Mm -hmm. and, you know, that seems to be your biggest role right now. How do, how do you help them get boundaries? Well, you know, it's, I could say the same thing that I, you know, I know help if you're a a physical caretaker, you know, for loved ones, it's the same as having in many ways as having a young child, right? You can't control them. I mean, I, what you were describing about your mom and getting up, like, that's exactly what I went through with my dad. And I would get so furious at him, Yeah, which it's the purpose, you know, then you feel guilty. And then you're like, why am I spending any time being like this when I know that a day before I'm crying because I'm thinking this could happen at any minute, I need to spend the most amazing time with them now. And you just, it's this roller coaster. Yeah. And I think the most important thing, and I can't say this enough, and I know it's kind of a cliche, but it is 100% true is your own oxygen mask on first. Yeah. have to have to, have to, you are no good to anyone. If you get burnt out, sick, depressed, and guarantee that's going to happen. If you are not investing some time every single day in self-care and spending some time doing something that nourishes you emotionally. That's what I'm doing here. Yeah. <laughs> 
grounding yourself, exercising, you have to take, cause it's like, a, you know, you're a love warrior. Like it's a battle where we're doing right now. Like it is serious. It requires serious energy and serious effort when you have someone at home who's, who's sick or really needy. And you know, that's true during the best of times, but certainly during times like this. And it's mandatory. You are not doing yourself or the person you care for any favors. Um, if you, you know, I think women especially, and I know this is true for you because I know you well enough at this point to know that, you know, there's this, and, it, and this was true for me for many, you know, until I became a recovering type A, but um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but that there is a badge of honor in martyrdom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there is there like there is there is um, emotional wealth in some case, it feels like it gained from sacrificing ourselves emotionally to that point and sometimes physically. But I just would challenge that because mm -hmm. I don't think, I think each of us are given this gorgeous life to certainly serve others, but not just those. Like I would say, you know, during another time, not during this time, but when this is over, you know, that if you pulled back a little bit, you would be surprised at how much they step up. I know. And I've done it. I have, I've yeah. gone through my intervals where I pull back and oh my God, I get so happy. <laughs> Life gets so much more lighter. How much more energy do you have to yeah. invest in all the other beautiful things and ways that you serve our world? Yeah, because Kevin says it all, all the time to me. He's like, Maria, the world will still go around. Yes. And so um, I do know that and I am aware of that um, for sure. And I think that I, I made, you know, I made the decision that once we get through this, that you know, and plus her tumor is gone now. So I can send yes. her back home again and they can go live their life. And, you know, I can take care of the things I have to take care yes. of. But, you know, I wonder with the caretaker situation, there are so many people out there who probably feel like me right now who yes. are confused. I had a, a very long talk with my dad about it yesterday because, you know, this is the month where things are going to get real. And in terms of the spread of this virus, and I wonder, you know, should you have second thoughts if you truly need that help? And and I do believe that we truly need that help. My mom can't do anything on her own. Um, and, you know, there are things that she needs help with. And so um, how, how do, to the way I've navigated it is I pray every day and I bubble everyone. Yeah, I do the same thing. I put them in a bubble to protect them. So I protect the caretaker and then I protect her family. And, you know, I pray that God is going to protect my mom. Yeah. Um, and that's all I can do. She called in sick yesterday. She called in sick today. <laughs> so then we had to start wondering, well, did she, does she have it? Yeah. And the things that she touched and we're cleaning everything. And then we're realizing, okay, we all touched everything that she touched, even though we keep cleaning constantly. Anyway, these are the fears that other people are probably having too. Well, the nice thing is that there's so many, I'm not nice. I shouldn't say that, but the, the flip side is that there's so many people looking for work right now. Now, in the case of this caretaker who's sick, but let's even put aside that she's sick. She has a family at home, so it's not like she can do this. But there are probably many people who could move into your house, you know, and just 
quarantine with you right now yeah. and would be very, very happy who are unemployed caretakers or medical professionals who aren't needed in the hospitals right now. Um, but even just for the acts of daily living, since you guys are home, you don't even need someone necessarily with medical training. You just need someone who can help and supervise and, and, and support her. And so you got, like you said, you're lucky enough to afford this. If I were you, I would be finding someone who could move into the house, you know, who make sure they have, you know, interview them for anyone they've been around that's been sick and to what degree they've been quarantining themselves, you know, have they been participating in this self, in this self social distancing or stay at home order we have in LA and bring them into the house and don't have them go back and forth yeah. as they get worse. That's what I would do if I were you and I could, you know, and, and you have the means to pay for that and you're helping another family while you're doing that. So if either your caretaker isn't really sick and has someone at home who can be with the kids during the next two to four weeks, or you have to find someone else. I don't think, you know, if we can help it, we want you guys doing this alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a tough predicament because you're like, Oh God. But, um, what else? I mean, back on the, the relationships, um, people who live in one bedroom apartments, it's so hard. How do you navigate the issues there? If you're upset with each other, it's very apparent. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, how do you get alone time? You have to get alone time and you have to get really creative. I was talking to a couple yesterday who lives in a really small place and I had them hang blanket from the ceiling. Stop it. I'm not kidding to create <laughs> a little a little separate space for themselves. I mean, it reminds me when I was living in Chicago and I my children were really young and I had no space of my own because they had taken over all the common areas. And I was like overrun by testosterone because they're all boys. And I, I got one of those little princess tents that hang from the ceiling. Have you ever those little canopies? Uh-huh. And I said to them, this is my red tent. You know, when mommy goes in here, like I'm invisible, no one can come in. And I would literally like go and cower and hide in my little princess tent just to have like my own space. Um, You're a little fort. I- where I can meditate and relax. And I think this is a time where, you know, once again, we want to schedule it, even if it's just the two of you and you don't have kids to schedule, schedule your day. Keeping to a routine is good for our bodies. It's good for our internal clocks. It's good for our mental health. So make a schedule, you know, shift one of you from the bedroom to the living room back and forth, at least an hour or two a day where you are separated you know, maybe go take a bath or a long shower or whatever it is that you need to do to separate, even hanging a blanket from the ceiling where you just are like in there with your earphones in and in a different universe for a little bit, create some degree of separation, not, o- not only when you're arguing, but just in general. Yeah. I think we need that. And so w- when you have a big argument um, and you know you're not going to be able to leave and go to the bar or leave and go see a friend or whatever. I love, I hate it when people leave in an argument. Yeah. So now getting violent, obviously, which is a whole other conversation, but, um, but what I would say is you need to create, and I'm actually in the, I'm making a video. I'm going to put it out this weekend on um, how to fight to love, not just to win, because this is a time where couples who in the past would use that would either one of them would leave and then they would just, forget it and never like resolve the issue 
or whatever, you know, now you're stuck together and those issues need to be resolved. And so, yes, if things are really heated, you know, or like I like to say, if one of you is in persona and the clue is that you're convinced you're right, right? <laughs> so if one or both of you is absolutely convinced you're right, <laughs> then, which is almost always, right? Yep. Then you have to like raise the white flag and say, we are taking a 30 minute hiatus. You go behind the blanket or I'll go in the bedroom or whatever. And then we're both going to ground ourselves and come back and talk about this. And then when you come back, Really, the key is you want to focus on how you are feeling, not how that other person made you feel, how you are feeling and what you really want, what you would love in the positive. Right. So I am feeling scared and sad. I have pain in my chest and in my stomach because I have this story that when you go out unnecessarily, you're bringing this back in. Or when you told your mother she should come over today you're putting us at risk or whatever it is, right? And then you say, so that's how you're feeling and the story, because it's only your story. You're not saying it's the truth. And then what you want, which is, and what I would really love is to feel like it, to feel it would help me so much to feel some control over who's coming to the house. And so for you to ask me first, for you to take my feelings into consideration about even if you think it's silly and overkill, would mean the world to me, right? And then when they do that, you reward them with positive feedback, physical affection, whatever it is. You know, it's the same thing as I was talking about with kids. It's that positive psychology, but you want it to, the place where I see relationships go really south is when you stay stuck in that place where you're trying to resolve a conflict when both of you are in that, not even in your bodies anymore. And when you are pointing the finger of blame at the other person rather than taking responsibility for how you're feeling and what you really want at this moment. Got it. What, you know, since you're taking um, sessions with clients right now via Skype or Zoom or whatever, mm -hmm. what is the biggest thing that you're hearing from couples? I think it's really not, it's, it's, it's all those things, and it makes me happy, weirdly enough, but it's all those things that we, small and large, that we just ignored before because we didn't want to deal with it. Like I had a woman the other day uh, calling to my radio show, actually. She wasn't a client, but she ha uh, has been dating this guy for a year, really serious, and they ha were going to move in, but now during this crisis have moved in. And she was appalled to discover that he does nothing all day, even when he's working. He does little work, but he doesn't get off the couch all day long, doesn't do anything, and then invites her to watch a show with him and falls asleep. And before she was working and she didn't see that. And, you know, so we're seeing things yes. about our partners, you know. I also think it's really interesting, uh, and I've been hearing this from a couple of my clients. Uh, I, some, uh, in one case, a newer client and infidelity has been, uh, discovered why not that person has been cheating for some time, but now can't, right. Cause they're stuck at home with their partner and now it's all coming out. Now they're going to need some help rebuilding trust and recovering, you know, after the infidelity, but it's also a blessing in, in, in disguise because she had no idea wow. and, there was something big going on and missing in the relationship that was just being glossed over 
and ignored while everybody was busy doing everything else. What do you, I'd like to jump in real quick. What about if somebody was about to break up with somebody and now they're stuck together? Like what, <laughs> like yeah. what if it was already on the rocks yeah. and now you're stuck with them? Yeah. Well, this is a time I think on all counts to keep the peace as much as possible while potentially working on things. So I think, and I find this to be, I mean, I not, I haven't come across any clients necessarily in the situation you're describing at present, although I'm sure there are many out there. But what I can tell you is that very often when you've decided to break up with someone, you're just going to go and make the same mistake the next time around. And you're blaming whatever the problems are on this relationship when really the problem is inside you and something going on with you or your communication or the way you operate in relationships. And then often people have to make that same mistake again and again and again before they come to someone like me. So use this time, assuming you're safe, right? And not in God forbid a violent situation, use this time to A, keep the peace and really do your internal work and maybe even some couples therapy that you might not have invested in before because you were ready to just walk out the door and go find someone else, now you're going to be stuck together because whatever happens, even if you end up breaking up after this, whatever you learn as you work on your relationship together is only going to serve you later, whether you end up with that person or not. So it's never wasted to get that support. I wonder in relationships, it must be the same thing as, you know, I've, I've been doing so much work in these last few years and when you keep seeing a pattern repeat, mm -hmm. it's because of something you haven't dealt with. So I guess it would be the same thing in relationships. If you're somebody who keeps having the same thing happen, then maybe this is the time to pause and acknowledge that and figure it out with somebody. Absolutely. That's totally true in relationships. You keep ending up with players or people who cheat on you or people who don't show up for you or people who aren't honest or people who say they're committed but aren't really committed or people who abandon you, you know, it, you see the pattern. Once it happens, you know, if you're willing to, after the first first time, okay, fluke. Second time, now we're on to something. You know, if it happens two or more times, now we're working toward a pattern. And, you know, that's not about bad luck at that point. That's about who we're attracted to and who we're attracting in because of something going on inside ourselves. Yeah, that is actually, I have to ask that because I have so many single friends and I have, um, I have friends who are like, I'm never going to find anybody. You know, there are no good guys left and, and they can't keep a relationship. It's like, it's, you know, they keep finding these guys who are emotionally unavailable or completely unavailable and just hookups. And, and so if this is a pattern that keeps repeating in your life, what does that say about you? It means almost always that if I go into it with them and get them to that place, and, and I love to do this, it's a form of somatic therapy. Like I would take that person, I would say, okay, let's go to the last person that left you or abandoned you and think about him abandoning you. And now where, where do you feel that in your body? And get them to blow that feeling up even more, go all the way into it and really and give it a color and a texture and everything else. And then I say, okay, now, without thinking, when was the earliest, earliest memory you have of feeling this way? 
And almost always it goes back to, well, when I watched my dad leave us, you know, when I was four years old or when my mom went into treatment and never came back or, you know, like, or when my mother used to uh, get wasted and I would be taking care of my little brother or sister. It, it all goes back to those earlier life abandonments that they're not even aware of, but that were repeatedly playing out in unconscious ways. So that's why I say, if you're in a pattern like this, then the person you don't do not want to keep dating after the first date is that person who you're like, Oh my God, I feel like I've known him or her all my life. I have butterflies. They're the perfect, I, I just feel so familiar. No, that is a warning signal in your case that you are fulfilling that same pattern. Because remember, I've come on your show before about quantum love. I mean, mm-hmm. this is really what quantum love is about. We are creating our own realities with our unconscious beliefs and feelings about love and about ourselves. And so even just the statement and belief that there are no good guys out there, I guarantee you there will be no good guys out there for you. Because that's the reality you're creating, right? But even deeper than that, if you are someone who doesn't really feel worthy, that little girl or little boy in you is still not convinced because they adopted this belief when they were four or five, seven years old, that it's like all children do, that if I were more of something or less of something, then dad wouldn't leave or mom wouldn't drink or whatever that is, that's still running the show in our love life. So for your girlfriends, that's where their work is, is to let it's to go back to find the core of those worthiness killing stories they adopted and challenge them and release them. Wow. I would love to do an episode with my girlfriends and you. (laughs) Let's do it. It would be amazing. Because none of them want to hear anything. Trust me. They're like, you just got lucky with Kevin. I'm like, no, I didn't just get lucky with Kevin. I saw Kevin and he was bankrupt and he was driving a shit ass van and you never would have said yes to Kevin ever in a million years. You would have never seen the potential in him and who he was in his heart because you want all of these things. Yeah. And that is what gets people into trouble, I think. None of that matters. What matters, and this is what I talk about in Quantum Love, is how you want to feel in love. It's really about not the qualities that person has or their bank accounts or even their physical characteristics. It is about how do you want to feel in love? Once you have that love that you really desire, how would you feel day in, day out? you know, if you were in that relationship and that's the place you want to start from and date from. Oh my God. I just realized something about myself. Holy shit. So, um, I was thinking about early, early on how I always thought I needed when I first met Kevin, I was like, Oh my God, he's a caretaker done. And it was like (laughs) the deal was sealed. The second I knew that he had taken massage therapy classes to heal his dad of the pain of the cancer and that he had left his career, you know, and, and gone home to take care of him. I was like, Oh my God, that's a solid guy. That's what I want. But I was like, why at 19 was I so concerned with having a caretaker? Well, caretaker your whole freaking life. And PS, I watched my mom be my dad's caretaker her whole life. She devoted her entire life to keeping him alive. Right. I was her partner in crime at some point, right. When I was old enough and so, wow, what a little vicious cycle we've created. Isn't that cute? You see why we, how we do that? Thankfully, in your case, it was relatively, you know, positive, right? Yeah. 
but yeah wow wow that's like 41 years right there like just to figure that out well (laughs) I can't wait to wrap that around even deeper in my head because I've been asking myself that question for years like why did I at 19 think I needed a caretaker and I'm like god I must have in my gut known what was coming down the pike in life right I must have known there was going to be some issue where I was going to need caretaking and maybe I still did Or I would even challenge to say that you didn't, as much as you love her, did not want to be your mother. Totally. No, no, no. Totally 100%. And so if you were met with a caretaker, you were not going to have to be necessarily his caretaker. And you, you know, that was like me in my first marriage. Didn't work out so well, but I was convinced I didn't want to be my mother with no power in the relationship and no control, I was going to do the opposite. Yeah. So I ended up marrying a guy that I could completely or thought I could completely control. I made all the decisions, you know, because I was trying to counter being her, you know, and often will go in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. You watch someone and you watch somebody give up their power so much. You're like, why would I do that? And I remember them saying like, Right? Yeah. I was like, I'll no, like that, my parents right? used to say, well, you're going to marry a nice Greek boy. I'm like, no, Greek boys make you into slaves. No, thanks. Like, cause yeah. I watch like the, the, the in-laws would say, oh, if you marry my son, they, you know, they're, they're going to do the white glove test in your house to make sure you keep yeah. a clean house and all this crazy shit. I'm like, you people are nuts. I'm like, that is not going to be me. So, right. so you did the opposite. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, it's amazing what we, you know, it's the same way we parent. We parent the way we wish we had been parented. Yeah. It's the same thing. And And it's probably too extreme, right? Everything is the extreme because we want to go the opposite. And then probably throughout life, we have to try to find our way back to the the balance. Yeah. And that's why, you know, it's so important to be aware of what those stories are and what, you know, because what you would have said, if I said to you back then, how do you want to feel you want to feel cared for, right? You in yes. love, you want to feel like protected. you're with a partner who's protected and caring for you as much or more than you're caring for him, right? And yeah. so that's a big, that was a big part of your, of your love map. But that's why it's so important to kind of challenge those beliefs and stories and why I always tell parents, it's not what you say, It's what you do. You know, it's the relationship you model for your children. They pick up everything, whether you recognize it or not. You know, and when I work with adults and I'm taking their history, I'll say, what was your, I mean, so much information is in that one question. What was your sense of your parents' relationship growing up? Spoken and unspoken. Like, what was it like? And they'll give you a whole picture of what it was like. And their parents probably think they had no clue, you know? But then it's so overwhelming because what is the perfect scenario, right? There is no perfect relationship. No, Kevin and I it, aren't perfect by any means. No, it's it's not supposed to be perfect. I think we're all here to learn to love and be loved better. And whatever those growth edges in our relationship are, in many ways, is the reason we chose that relationship. We unconsciously knew that person was going to challenge us or push us, or they had qualities and characteristics that we admired and wished we had, but now drive us crazy because we can 
stay in our comfortable little place. Yeah. Right. But it's all about, you know, when we're having a relationship with someone else, whoever it is, a really dear friend, a partner, a child, you are actually having a relationship with yourself through that other person. That's really what it's always about. Explain that. I mean, like your relationship with Kevin, right? I could have a relationship with him and have a same person. He's the same person and have a totally different experience of him than you will. Yeah. And it is because of what he's triggering in me. The beliefs about myself and about life and about my day-to-day life that he's confirming or challenging, the triggers in me that he's touching or not touching, right? It's always me reacting to him, you reacting to him. So you are having a relationship with him, but really it's about you. And wow. he's just the catalyst. Wow. Wow. That also speaks to like a bigger thing where why you can't see something in someone that someone else sees. Yeah. Right. So I, I saw this horrific documentary the other day, um, the trial of Gabriel Fernandez. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend it if it wasn't so brutal to get through, but it is important to watch. And um, and so, you know, there are people who would get on the stand in this certain, you know, court proceeding and say, I, I did not have that experience with this person. Right. This person who right. murdered a child, I, he was amazing. He was an angel yeah. to me. And so I guess like in a bigger picture – it speaks to why we can have different experiences with people. And sometimes like someone will ask me, what did you think of that person? I said, well, they were not kind to me, um, but maybe you'll have a different experience. And that's always been my line generally because I, I in, innately knew that that person was jealous or had an issue. Was reacting to something in you. Yeah, but I wasn't explaining it like that. And I didn't understand the whole mechanism behind it. But I knew that they were insecure with me. But maybe they're not going to be insecure with you. Maybe. Um, So, wow. That's why I always say, like, I don't want to be friends or close to anyone, truly, in partnerships of, of life or work who isn't friends with their own shadow, right? Who doesn't know that what I'm saying, because otherwise they're like a, like a loose cannon, you know, reacting and not really understanding why they're reacting or they're insecure, not aware of their insecure, like that person who's unkind out of their own insecurity, you know? And, um, and so I think this is all, all of this is coming up for us now. Yeah. This is the stuck at home, staring at our, the walls and each other it's all going to come to the surface to be healed, to be cleared, to be transmuted to more positive energy. And it's all going to be in service when we get out of here. But in the meantime, you know, it's about staying safe, doing your work mm-hmm. and, and, not, and recognizing that it's time to stop sticking your head in the sand and really address with loving intention those things that aren't working in your life and in your relationship and maybe start visioning into a new future. I love it. I love it. Um, Dr. Laura, what are your three top tips right now for people who are quarantined with their partners and their kids? 
make a schedule that includes solo time, create solo space, even if it means hanging a blanket from the ceiling or a play tent from the ceiling and make time for some form of intimacy. So try that seven days to better sex program, try a new toy, try a new position, do virtual set, like stay connected. And I'll add one more, keep feeding your own soul because it all starts with us, you know? Best way to do it? Hmm? Best way to feed your soul? To do something that feels truly self-nurturing every day for at least 30 minutes, whether it's working out, meditating, painting, learning something new, um, whatever it is that brings you joy and peace and flow where you kind of lose time for a minute. We all need that to recharge. And is there one way or one thing you're doing to get better every day right now? Oh yeah. I've been doing a lot. I've been painting. I even am taking some painting classes online, which I've never done before. Wow. Uh, I'm working on a proposal for my next book, which I didn't even know I had in me. Uh, um, I am spending a lot of time sometimes by force with my kids um, <laughs> and, you know, forcing them, not me. And, uh, and, you know, making time to play every day, dancing. I've been doing a lot of dancing. In the house? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. How fun. I love you. I love our conversations. I learned so much today. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and to help us. I love you back. I can't wait to see you in person We're on the other side of this. Thank you. Well, and and send um, send us the information on all of the different programs that you were suggesting, the Seven Days to Better Sex. We'll put it all in the summary link for everybody. I will, but just go to drlauraberman.com. It's all there, but I'll send you all the links. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Stay safe. (laughs) Oh man, that was amazing. Did you find that as amazing as I thought it was? It's kind of interesting. It's just such a different perspective that I haven't thought about. Right? Because I'm, I'm lonely guy at the apartment. So like, (laughs) I haven't really thought about what people in relationships are going through at this moment. Like, most of the people I'm talking to are just bored out of their minds, but I can't imagine being bored out of your mind and also have to play with the dynamic of children or play with the dynamic of having a fight with your significant other and have like, imagine being trapped in a one bedroom apartment or even like a studio apartment with your significant other and be in a fight. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Horrible. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. Yeah. But see, and, and I think, um, I, I also think the, the dynamics of why you're having the same pitfalls. Like, I think it's such a cool time to really go inward and really think about every area of your life and what patterns you keep seeing repeated and realize that that is what you need to work on and not hope that the circumstances outside of you change, right? Because it's within you. And I just think that's so cool. I learned so much. I was like taking notes everywhere. Yeah, I mean she's she's pretty cool. Yeah. She knows what she's talking about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Um, well, that was really fun. I fed my soul. I'm still just kind of like processing everything. I just I'm wondering like have you experienced a lot of those things with with Kevin right now? Like have you guys gotten any any fights since the quarantine that have been to the um, point where you've had to like okay, now let's sit down and figure out a game plan. Did you and him no. come up with a game plan? 
no. outside of Leeds and Costas to figure out what are you going to do? No, I feel like, like I said, we're, we work together a lot. So <clears throat> we've already got the same kind of dynamics and roles figured out. Um, the only new thing is that we don't leave the house and he forages. And when my mom had to go to her doctor's appointments, he took her so that um, we can stay consistent with the same human that goes out. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, he's getting very lonely. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> it was very... Uh, Uncomfortable? <laughs> th- no, there was a lot of times I could have made a crass joke in this yeah, episode. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, yesterday you guys were working outside and you're six feet away tables and... At one point, I saw him a little too close to you, and I'm like, Kate, last night, he's like, can I get a hug? I'm like, you broke the rules. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got too close, and no. And so, anyway. I wonder if sex toy sales have gone up tremendously well, for sure over, this, they have. over this thing. Yeah. For sure. For couples for sure. and for singles, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, exercise equipment. You yeah. can't find exercise equipment right now. I can't, I'm like so tempted to just buy one of those Peloton treadmills. I don't know if you can. Really? I, don't know. I I think that's like so expensive that people wouldn't maybe. buy it out of it. Yeah, maybe not. Anyhow, um great great time with Dr. Laura. She's amazing and um I think uh if you don't have anything to share, I will let everyone know that we are uh trying to migrate over to Patreon, so if you would do us a a favor and um join us over there at any level obviously. We know times are tough, but we are a little limited over here with what we can do. And I want to be able to play some amazing clips for you guys um, in the coming weeks over there. And so join us. The link is in the summer. You can just click on it. And uh, in the meantime, we're here on YouTube and on Facebook live. um, And we will also be putting our videos on Instagram live as well. Um, and we have some amazing guests coming up. So please stay tuned, share this with your friends, let them know that we have a a good positive space for you to, to join us and to, um, you know, air out stuff and you can chat with us through the chat and let us know what you're thinking, any questions you have, any things that you're worried about that you want us to investigate and look into and find one of my amazing experts and friends to come on and help us with. In the meantime, you good, Stephen? I'm good. Okay. You can stay up to date with Dr. Laura at drlauraberman.com. You can follow us at Maria Menunos at Dr. Laura Berman at Stephen Lemieux Photo. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. <laughs> <laughs>